0: There's an action going on tomorrow in New York City. So this is all the stuff that people might not know when it comes to the rail workers. And the union teamsters are showing up big with a coalition rally on Wednesday at Grand Central Station in New York City. They're pointing out the fact that rail workers don't get sick days, that they have ridiculous schedules that they have to keep. And they're having a rally in support of that. Uh, Recently, they laid off 45,000 workers. Railroad companies in first three-fourths of this year made $21.2 billion in profits, yet they're telling their employees uh, they can't have a sick day. So here to talk with me about this, you know him before. He's been on the show. He is a freight rail conductor and co-chair of Railroad Workers United. Please welcome back to the show Gabe Christensen. Gabe, good to see you again, man.
1: Good to see you, Ron.
0: Thanks for taking some time uh, to join us. So since we last spoke to you, it was before... Um, Congress and Joe Biden did what they did. So uh, let's start there. Let me get your thoughts on what happened. Were you surprised? How, what is your reaction? Are you happy, sad, angry, a little bit of everything? How are you feeling?
1: Uh, a little bit of everything. Um, you know, this whole time leading up to the potential strike, um, you know, I'm a member of SMART and uh we made our voices known that the uh, tentative agreement wasn't up to our likings and stuff and um we voted it down so it was really disheartening when joe biden put the statement out um and i think you would have seen a wider margin of people voting no with this agreement but this has happened so many times and you hear it all the time. People say, Oh, well, they're just going to force us back to work anyway. You know what I mean? So it's frustrating because it takes away our biggest bargaining chip, which is our right to take away our labor, you know? Um, so it, it was really disheartening. Um, and then the vote in the Senate really destroyed everybody. I've been trying to talk to my members and stuff, people that, um, you know in my terminal and everything and explain to them cuz they don't they don't even know that a lot of them don't realize that the tentative agreement was forced on us right. um, you know we have a democratic vote every member gets a vote on whether we want the agreement or not it was voted down just like the signalmen and maintenance way and the boilermakers and everything like that so to have this happen after we've gone so many years of like navigating the rla and everything like that was just a slap in the face and then to top it off you know bernie sanders and a handful of progressives really pushed the issue for seven paid sick days we have no sick days i know that a representative from the aar came out and said that all carriers have some sort of uh sick days for us and that's a complete lie um they, I think they may have been re- referencing what we call PL days or personal leave days and you actually have to work to earn those the prior year and what those are is we don't have holidays so it's kind of to replace the holidays that we don't have it's it's a day that we can use um, we can try to use you know we try to pre-arrange wow. them or try to use them and. Our carrier says no. Nope, there's a manpower I- issue, um, so you can't use them. And I've told people before. They said, "Oh, well, you guys got one more uh, personal leave day in this tentative agreement." And I said, "They could give us 300 days, but if I can't use them, what are they worth? If they if they say there's a manpower shortage every time I try to use one, you know, they're not worth anything." So. Um, Losing the sick days, that was huge. I know people were texting me, telling me they were watching the Senate hearing. And I mean, like a large number of people were just waiting to see what happened, you know, and um, I don't know, everybody's pretty, pretty upset about it.
0: Were you expecting, like, as soon as they decoupled the sick days, were you expecting, okay, they're gonna force us, they're gonna try to force us back to work, and they're probably gonna nix our sick days too? Right. And had this, had the sick days somehow gotten through, um, would you have felt, I don't know, like, like, I, I don't want to say like, like, would you be fine with it? But, but but would you be like, what would your reaction have been had the sick days? gone through? Would you have been like, okay, we'll take this for now and fight another day? Or would you still be like, this is totally insufficient? Like, like where would you have been had that happened?
1: I mean, it would have been a little bit of a kicker, you know what I mean? But the thing I'm most upset about is that they threw our votes out and forced this tentative agreement on us. You know, in sick days, sick days are just a small part of what everybody's been fighting for this entire time, you know and my I don't know, the seven sick days would have been awesome. you know it would have, it would have taken a lot of stress off people. Um, I have kids. I would have been able to use those to take care of my kids if they were sick, you know um, if it, I, I don't know it would have, it would have, it would have taken some stress off most definitely. And I would have preferred them to get put in that way if they weren't going to be in the actual of agreement. I I wish they would have been put in this way because I'm sure you've seen the headlines where there's actual shareholders in the different railroad companies that are trying to put a vote to the shareholders. Like at the spring um, shareholder meeting to give us sick days. The issue with that is um, it's it would probably be up to the discretion of the company. And for 19 years, I've seen them manipulate and take things away uh, throughout my career. So unless it's in an agreement, you know, th- this should all been negotiated with my union originally, you know. They put Marty Walsh and everything to make the last minute tentative agreement, but. You're having to force a company to negotiate in good faith, and I, you know, it's it's extremely frustrating. You know, they go in there and they're not willing to give an inch. You know, um, I'm getting
0: frustrated just listening to you. Not, tell me about this. I mean, this this is freaking nuts, dude. Like, like
1: this is horrible. And it goes, what? What's upsetting with Biden's statement and everything too? He didn't want the sick days in there. He said he didn't want any caveats, no poison pills, anything like that. Um, so, I, I, which I don't isn't know.
0: that isn't that so telling? He, he didn't want any poison pills for the companies, but he was fine with you guys taking poison pills down the gullet with no end.
1: Right. He was exactly. With that. And until until politicians and until other people are willing to let us use our tools to get what we deserve it's going to be the same thing over and over because the carriers are going to go into negotiations they're going to stonewall and they're just going to wait for Washington DC to force us to take whatever they decide you know we deserve and they have no idea because they've never been in our shoes you know what i mean they've never they've never had to do and go through what we do, you know, to keep this economy running. And I keep saying, if we're so detrimental to this economy, then why can't we get paid sick days? You know, why can't we, you know, get stuff that a lot of other industries have, you know, Um, you know, it just, it's really frustrating. The only good thing that I could say that's come out of this entire time is, you saw so much passion from our members and so many people were getting involved and that's really uplifting to me to see so many people taking initiative and getting involved with the union and what's going on with us and stuff. So if there's only one, if there was one good takeaway from this, it it would be that, you know, that it really brought a lot of us together. There's a wide range of, People's political views that I work with and you know across across the, the system and everything. And that was all put to put to the side. Just we had a common goal, you know what I mean? And I hope it continues on, you know, because even though it was a defeat, you know, I mean, if we continue fighting together and staying united hopefully the next go around won't be like this, you know, um, we're less than two years away from negotiating our next five year contract. So, um, you know, time will tell, we're going to keep fighting for, for what we deserve, you know?
0: Well, one last question, uh, I gotta ask, and, you know, you can just speak as an individual and share whatever you want to share. Do you think there's a chance we could see a wildcat on December
1: 9th? Um, i haven't heard of anything you know and the union most definitely doesn't promote a wildcat strike or anything like that um where i'm at i have not heard anything about that somebody you know i've had people tell me they've seen things on message boards and stuff like that but i don't know if those are actual railroad workers that they were reading putting comments up or anything so as far as my my experience, I have not heard anything like that. There's quite a few solidarity movements out there. Um, You know, people getting behind us and, you know, wanting to push our message. And I'd like to tell everybody who's listening, you know, um, we all really appreciate like how much public concern has been out there for us. You know what I mean? We're kind of People don't think about, oh, there's people on those trains or what they're going through. And you, know, you guys, the media, I mean, has helped so much in pushing our messages and our fight out there, you know?
0: What's the best way people can help?
1: Um, I tell people all the time, if you wanna see what we're going through as railroaders and get information um, and not just with railroad issues, with other unions that are you know organizing or getting ready to go on strike and everything like that go to rw railroad workers united.org um i believe labor notes might have put up a gofundme page to help you know raise money to you know fight for the causes that we're involved in and everything so um people can go look at the uh the gofundme page too or They could be solidarity members with RWU, even if they don't work in the railroad industry.
0: Well, Gabe, thank you so very much for your time. And and I'll mention your Twitter handle to everybody. It is at Gabe on Twitter. That's at Gabe on Twitter. And again, that URL, everybody, is RailroadWorkersUnited.com. That's uh, Uh, org. Excuse me, .org, (laughs) .org, .org. org. .org, RailroadWorkersUnited.org, .org. All right. Thank you so much, Gabe. And, uh, you know, keep on fighting the good fight and any way we can help. Please do not be shy.
1: Right on. Thank you so much. And it's been good talking to you
0: back at you. Be well. Peace. Gabe Christensen, everybody. And again, that's Railroad Don't do dot com do dot org. And that's at uh, Christensen Gabe on Twitter. Coming up next, we're going to go to another story. This takes us over. To Twitter and uh, and and the Twitter headquarters, to be specific. So there's a uh, a janitors union that is headquartered, not headquartered, but but they share offices in the same area as Twitter, and they have a contract with Twitter that Elon Musk has decided he's not going to renew. He's like, yeah, we don't need to clean the offices. Why would I pay for such a thing? So he didn't renew their contract. So. Uh, Local 87 janitors at Twitter headquarters went on strike. That happened at uh, 6 a.m. yesterday, and the picket line started, and San Francisco. Now, this is the same place where Twitter headquarters is. The unit of union janitors went out at 6 a.m. this morning, this was yesterday, on a ULP strike for failure to bargain. They'll be maintaining the picket lines despite the rain. Twitter indicates that their new contractor will not be rehiring the janitors despite obligation to rehire per county and state requirements. Twitter doesn't seem to understand how important it is to keep a clean house and respect the people who take out the trash the California Labor Federation tweets. Take on the twit. That's the hashtag. Uh, An update here. Twitter has now terminated the contract employing the striking union janitors who had been working at Twitter headquarters and San Francisco. Let's go to that uh, more perfect union tweet if we could, Colin. Uh, They have another update as well, I believe. So update, Elon Musk terminated the contract employing the striking janitors. So there's about 48 families out of work, and it just so happens that it's three weeks before Christmas, their union president said. So he officially terminated their contract. They're they're going on they're going on strike, they're dealing with stuff. Twitter just decided they're not even gonna re-up their contract. And Elon Musk put all these people out of work a few weeks before Christmas because he was not visited by three spirits. He was not visited by the ghost of Christmas past, uh, present, or future. You know what would be great, though, if that was like a real thing and Elon Musk uh, gets a visit from the ghost of Christmas future and they're driving a total electric vehicle, but it does not have that T on it. And he goes, what happened to the Teslas? And they go, oh, you... Well, yeah, just buckle in. You're going to go down. You know the way you lost billions with Twitter? You're going to do that with your car company too. Some other car is going to come along. They're going to master long-term batteries, and they're going to be a workers' co-op, and they're going to do it out in uh, Mondragon in Spain where everything's workers' co-op, that that, that area. And uh, they master the battery, and it, it's more environmentally efficient too. And it just puts you out of business because uh, a lot of people don't want to support you. Because a lot of people just uh, don't like you. That continues. Uh, so I'm the ghost of Christmas Future. And if you don't change your ways, this is what happens. There will be no Teslas. And then he starts panicking. He's like, I'll change. I'll change. What happens to Tiny Tim? Um, unfortunately, that didn't happen. So he decided to screw a bunch of people over a few weeks before the holidays. So this is something that uh, he's been doing and continues to do. Uh, and again, you know, this is the working class fighting back because it's what has to be done. And folks, it should bother you that a billionaire can go in and gobble up a social media company that millions and millions of people use. And this goes beyond people at Twitter, as you can see, this goes beyond uh, internet users. This even bleeds into other workers as well, because he can just go in, gobble up this company, and then just fire other people who relied on it for a living, like the people who cleaned the frickin' buildings. So if this bothers you, there's something you can do about it, and it begins with antitrust. You can go to bidenpromise.us. There are two popular antitrust bills sitting in Congress right now. Two popular antitrust bills. We've been promised to vote for almost a year. Biden still, well, well, Chuck Schumer is the one holding it up. Chuck Schumer still hasn't given the promise vote, even the Biden administration has started putting some pressure on it, likely due to public outcry, or not likely, definitely due to public outcry. So this campaign is working, folks, but we got to be really freaking loud or it ain't going to happen. So uh, please go to bidenpromise.us, sign that petition to demand that the popular antitrust bills that actually start breaking up uh, the juggernauts and big tech move forward. Because this is not... This is feudalism, and this is online feudalism. And guess what, folks? The two are connected. It's connected online, and it's connected in real in the real world because it's affecting uh, the Twitter janitors, too. This is just one example of that being the case. So go to bidenpromise.us. And you know what? While there are two very popular antitrust bills sitting in Congress, there's another bill that we told you about yesterday that's absolutely terrible, called the JCPA, it's the Journalism Competition and Preservation Act. It does not help journalism, it stifles journalism, why? Because they only invited the big cable, or excuse me, the big media companies to the table, and those big media companies are collaborating with big tech to kind of dictate how uh, news and information is shared and compensated on social media one of the things they're experimenting with, folks, is a user tax. What does that mean? It means when you share an article online, you'll have to pay for the privilege. And guess what? The corporate media is not going to want users to not want to share their articles. So there's a good chance they'll work out some kind of financial arrangement with social media. And then who won't be able to do that? Independent media. Outlets like this, So it'll crush independent media because we rely on people sharing our stuff on social media, which, by the way, please like and share this stream. That goes a long way. Like and share it while you still can, because that act is floating around. And guess what they're doing? They're trying to attach it to the uh, NDAA that that could go through any day now. They're trying to attach it to that. So you got to call your lawmakers now. we got to call them now and demand that this not happen because they're trying to do it right before our eyes. And why are they trying to do that? Why are they trying to force this terrible policy through instead of very popular antitrust policy that the public has been screaming for? Well, because their donors helped craft this bill. This bill has the blessing of Sinclair Broadcasting, one of the biggest uh, biggest homogenized broadcasters out there. Uh, it has the blessing of the Murdoch Empire and Ted Cruz, just to name, the, name a few who's opposed to this bill? Pretty much every human rights and digital rights organization in the country. And even the copyright office doesn't want to see this thing go through because they're like, ah, this thing's dangerous. So you can go to fightforthefuture.org, Colin, please bring up that URL. You can go to fightforthefuture.org, red alert, tell Congress not to destroy access to credible news, fund hate and harm indie journalism. Go to fightforthefuture.org right now and uh, call your representatives. You got to call them this is going on right now. This is red alert, folks. So that's where we're at. That is where we're at. Uh, so let's go over to JFK. Now. This is uh, this is where it's going to get fun, folks. This is where it's going to get fun. Uh, Colin, go ahead and pull up that, uh, that Daily Beast article. So apparently there's some new information floating around uh, in regards to the JFK assassination. And this is around the same time that uh joe biden has called for the release of a bunch of documents in regards to jfk uh call it if you have that uh daily there it goes uh now by the way this is the daily beast by the way i just want to point that out this is a clinton outlet even the daily beast is like yeah when it comes to jfk there's no way the official story is all there is i mean look the jfk that is like the Miller light of conspiracy theories. All right. Like everybody is just like, yeah, there's no way that's all there is to it. Let's get to this uh, article from the daily beast, which again, even the fricking daily beast is, uh, is questioning the official narrative or at least entertaining uh, that there might be something more out there called if we could uh, pull up that article. So John F Kennedy assassination investigator has jarring new claim about Lee Harvey Oswald's CIA involvement. Uh, so, The CIA holds documents that show presidential assassin Lee Harvey Oswald was involved in an intelligence operation before the assassination of JFK. We're talking about smoking gun proof of a CIA operation involving Lee Harvey Oswald. This is according to the reporter Jefferson Morley. Morley claimed the CIA operation involving Oswald took place in the summer of 1963, three months before the assassination. The allegation from Morley, who has written extensively about the CIA in the 60s, could shake up the history of the assassination if it proves to be true. Kennedy investigators have long sought to investigate the extent of Oswald's involvement with intelligence agencies and whether that could reveal more about whether Oswald was the only person involved in Kennedy's death. This is a very, very diplomatic way of skating around saying this could reveal whether or not the CIA had something to do with uh, Kennedy dying. Like, like that's, that's what they're, 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 they're very diplomatic and and, it's elective with their words here, but that's what they're saying. Despite decades of investigation from Congress and independent inspectors, the CIA has never disclosed any involvement with Oswald. Well, of course they didn't. This is an extraordinary serious claim and it has profound implications for the official story. Yeah. No kidding. The official story is that this guy was just some lone guy, acted alone. He was just some confused dude who made this crazy difficult shot. (laughs) Who somehow made this, like, ridiculous difficult shot. Um, And Yeah, that's the official story. Morley claimed that Oswald, a former Marine, now he was a Marine, so he's like, well, you're saying it's a difficult shot, Rob, but he was a Marine. Yeah, but, dude. Anyway, a former Marine who defected to the Soviet Union before returning to the United States as a supporter of Cuban Communist leader Fidel Castro was involved in a pre-assassination CIA operation meant to discredit American supporters of Castro. Hmm. So this guy was involved in a pre-assassination CIA operation. Morley's allegations focused on files created by now deceased CIA agent uh, George I'm probably mispronouncing that, who was involved with the anti-Castro exile groups. Morley said 44 documents in uh, his file are still being held by the CIA and could shed new light on the purported operation. Man, no one outside the CIA was any wiser. Uh, Maybe. I don't know. Morley said of the effort, which he said involved work to promote Oswald as an unhinged pro-Castro figure. The claim from Morley, a former Washington Post reporter, came at a press conference for Kennedy assassination investigators that includes a sitting federal judge. The event was organized by the Mary Farrell Foundation, a nonprofit archive of Kennedy assassination materials. The group claims the release of new documents from the CIA and other federal agencies could shed new light. The press conference, here's another interesting part here. The press conference comes before a deadline next week imposed by Joe Biden for the CIA and FBI to release all documents... Uh, related to JFK. It's not clear whether the agencies will request an extension of that deadline. Man, it would look so shady if they did. How shady would it look if they requested a, a, an extension? They're like, can we, get, can we get a little, why don't you just release the documents? Yeah, we need more time t- to make sure that this doesn't look as bad as it would look if we don't filter things. <laughs> that would look really bad if they requested a deadline. Not saying that means they're not going to. They probably will. Because they probably count on you know the United States having its, uh, their, uh, its uh, collective memory of a goldfish and just forgetting about this two days later. But man, it'd be interesting if there's something here. And maybe there will be. Maybe there won't be. Maybe this will just be uh, some kind of red meat fluff that doesn't really have any substance to it. There's a chance they're just going to kind of uh, bullshit us. And, you know, an example I can bring. Uh, I'm a huge Nirvana fan and every so often there's this thing that goes on, especially in the local press up in Seattle, where they release new unseen documents related to the Kurt Cobain uh, case. And usually it's nothing. Usually it's just like, it's a drawing that they found at his house that he did one random day. And I guess it's neat. It's like, Oh, that's something Kurt Cobain drew. Cool. But it doesn't, have anything to do with the case and you know is it for sure everything they said or, or could there have been some foul play here did he just shoot himself or was you know somebody else involved it, it doesn't shine any more light on that than what we already have gathered and know but they just released some random like oh somebody found an empty gum wrapper at the scene you know so who knows they might just throw us stuff like that. Like, here's an empty bottle of aftershave that Kennedy used before he got in the car. Okay, this doesn't. Th- that's nice. Th- this doesn't mean anything, though. What about like? Well, here's here's a cop that this cop was having his first day on the job, and he recounts how crazy it was having his first day. Be when Ken. Kennedy... Okay, but that 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 doesn't. You know what I mean? It could just be a bunch of fluff or. I don't know. I mean, if they have a direct connection to Oswald and the CIA, who knows? Who knows what that could mean? We'll keep an eye on it here. We will keep an eye on it here at Status Quo. It would not be something that we just found out uh, a little more about the truth of this. I have only met one person in my life, not even kidding, one person in my entire life who believes the official JFK story. I've only met one person. I know some people who are like, eh, maybe, but there's probably... Like, I know some people who are a little, like, they don't want to... And then, but even just the most kind of... Uh non-conspiratorial people, for lack of a better way to put it. Some of the most just sort of straight-laced people, like our government, wouldn't lie to us about war. Even people like that, who I know in my personal life, you bring up JFK, and they're like, yeah, yeah, no way. I I don't, yeah, I don't, there's more to it than this. There's got to be. There's no way that official story is all there is. There has to be more. That guy pissed off so many groups of people. He pissed off the CIA. He pissed off the Fed. He pissed off Cuba. He pissed off the mob. He pissed off uh, the gambling commission's he's pissed off which i guess i mean i already said the mob maybe that was a little <laughs> he pissed off a lot of people and uh so bad it'll be interesting if there's if there's uh if there's a little more there there that uh, that we're going to uncover so we'll keep an eye on it but yeah even the daily beast folks even the daily beast so time magazine they have been doing uh a person of the year for uh i believe 95 years now it's something that they always do and i mean whatever it, it's fine and often they it, it's kind of like a provocative clickbaity in these days type things where sometimes they pick a controversial person uh you know just for the sake of eyeballs right it, it, it's high sugar fluff it's it, it's what they're it's what they do in in this for instance the the person the most influential person of the year. Uh, And this year, here's some of the people who they have. Here are some of the people the top three. Um, Liz Cheney, who Liz Cheney is, um, (laughs) she's a Republican. She has a war criminal for a father. Now, of course, you can't hold somebody accountable for what their parent does, but she has used her father's um, uh, legacy, if you want to call it that, Uh, legacy of carnage. She has used that legacy to enrich herself and enrich her political career. And she signs off on what her father does. So she is pretty frickin terrible. But um, but she doesn't like Trump. And she made a couple nice speeches on how she doesn't like Trump. So now she is a darling of the quote unquote resistance, which uh, when you find out what they're resisting, let me know, because I'm not sure. Um, I think resisting progressive change is all they're resisting. But um, but she's the hero there. Again, not because of any political views that have changed, uh, but because she doesn't like Donald Trump. Um, and again, the, our society has the collective memory of a goldfish, so they're just like, "Oh, it doesn't matter that you know she's uh, she rubs elbows with war criminals who should be in jail." She she doesn't like Trump, so uh, everything's forgiven, and uh, and we love her now. They were even talking she might run for president as a Democrat. So that's that's the big tent, folks. The big tent. That's why I really don't understand why Andrew Yang thinks it's a good idea to have a political party that has no policies. We already have that, Andrew. They're called the Democrats. You're saying people don't like the Democrats. You're duplicating the formula. The Democratic Party has no actual policies. There's horrible policies that a ton of people in the Democratic Party support. But the party as a whole, there's really no policies they actually stand for. There's this platitudes and then a couple of things like, well, this would be nice. Maybe we'll do it. But we have a big, wide tent, which, by the way, as Dave Anthony pointed out when he was on the show, that's the opposite of what a political party is supposed to be. A A big, wide tent is your community. Where, you know, you live in a community with a bunch of people with different political ideas and and they come together, uh, hopefully for the goodness of their community and to work for the common good in their community. And, you know, if if you're organizing a community garden, it's it's okay if you have some political differences with with the person you're planting carrots with. That's fine. But if you're a political party where the goal is to pursue policies that you think will make the country slash world a better frickin' place, and you don't agree on anything, that's like the opposite of what a political party's supposed to do. That's why in other countries that have more proportional representation, they don't have that. They have political parties with clearly defined policy agendas, and they have things like the communists and the socialists, and they're not the same parties with the centrist, because they're like, well, hey, I'm a socialist. That's a capitalist. Our ideas are quite different. So we shouldn't be in the same frickin' political party. That's not what a political party is supposed to do. So what a frickin' racket. Here's a political party. We have no ideas, no policies. Um, but we're, we're we're not as, like, brutally fascistic as this other one. So what are you going to do? What a great system. Huh? Isn't it? So anyway, Liz Shady, she's one of the people who's uh, most influential uh, of the year. She's one of the, the big nominees. Another nominee, uh, another nominee, of course, is Elon Musk. Elon Musk, who won it last year. Elon won it last year. He might get a repeat performance as he is screwing janitors out of their jobs a couple weeks before the winter holiday, as he is plummeting Twitter into oblivion. He is firing people en masse. He is uh, exploiting workers left and right in every capacity. Um, And he is banning accounts who make fun of him. You make fun of him, you get your account permanently suspended. Uh, Yeah, that guy might be among most influential people of the year. And uh, here's the other person who is being considered. And this is the real reason why I wanted to talk about this. Another person who's being considered is Ron DeSantis. Now, you guys have probably heard me say this before. I'm going to keep saying it, and I'm not going to stop. Ron DeSantis is by far the most dangerous person in American politics, by far. And the normalization of him is extremely dangerous and for time i get it the time magazine this is just a bunch of fluff this is just them trying to get clicks this is them being provocateurs i get it i get it that that influential person of the it's not some like huge thing really but a lot of people frickin' see it okay every single year a lot of people see this in 2020 it was obama or, or excuse me it was biden and kamala in 2021 it was musk it might be musk again And DeSantis is up for it. And if someone like Ron DeSantis were to get such a thing, that would just further normalize what this guy is really all about. And what this guy is, he is a theocratic fascist. That's not an embellishment. That is an accurate description of what he is. And he is very, very competent and very, very talented, for that matter, at putting a reasonable face... And putting a reasonable, quote unquote, spin on horrible, horrible policies. He's putting a reasonable spin on a piece of policy that is basically trying to uh, knock trans youth out of existence. The Don't Say Gay Bill, if you actually took the time to read it, what it really does is it just makes it that much harder for LGBTQ youth to get any resources and it, and it takes away any type of privacy they have that they might need if they're going through something and maybe their parents aren't so supportive. It's not about parental choice. It's certainly not about, quote unquote, grooming. And by the way, how insulting is it to, to entertain some idea that counselors who help LGBTQ youth are, are groomers? How sick is that? But he's putting a, quote, reasonable spin on this horrible policy. And he's putting a reasonable on spin on the idea of banning protesting, what he's also trying to do. And he's putting a reasonable spin. Colin, pull, pull, up, the, uh, pull up the tweet about his uh, his anti-woke agenda, the, quote, unquote, anti-woke agenda, although people don't know exactly what they, that means. Well, here, I'm going to tell you what it means. Desantis's lawyers were forced by the court to define, quote, unquote, woke, the lead lawyer described it as the belief there are systemic injustices in American society in the need to address them. That's how they're defining woke. You think something's wrong with American society, which look around. What could give you that idea? That's quote unquote woke. And Ron DeSantis is against that. He's anti woke. So he's trying to put a positive edgelord spin on if you think something's wrong with the American society, we want to shut you up. We want to shut you up in the classroom. We want to shut you up online. We want to shut you up um, if you are trying to protest. We want to shut you up if you're trying to strike. This is what Ron DeSantis is doing. And along with the Supreme Court, who's going after gay marriage, and now they're, they're kind of sending out the dog whistle about interracial marriage, too. All they need is a huge theocratic fascist sitting in the White House who has a level of competency that Trump didn't have. Hell, who has a level of competency that George W. Bush didn't even have. And that is Ron DeSantis. You look at the stuff that this guy is doing. You look at the stuff that this guy believes. Wow. And they are normalizing him. They are normalizing him constantly. And they're even able to, to point at some things. Oh, well, he's, he actually is, uh, he's against fracking. He's against. yeah. Okay. That's, uh, <laughs> that's, I mean, obviously fracking's terrible, but first of all, would he ever actually deliver on such a thing? And second of all, um, gee, Making it out like environmental issues are important, and then being absolutely terrible at everything else—that Th- does sound familiar. Someone else used that playbook before, by the way. That playbook has been used before. There's even a a, a movement out there called, wait for it, eco-fascism. It's already a thing. So, the normalization of this guy, and, and let's pull up the 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 uh, the headline from uh, fake news. I mean Fox News. Uh, college, just so they see the headline that that is the source here. Liz Chady, Ron DeSantis, Elon Musk among finalists for Time Person of the Year. That's according to Fox News. And, of course, that's been uh, all throughout the blogosphere. Uh, the normalization of Ron DeSantis is a special level of danger. And I could say, via my personal assessment, this is a danger we've never quite seen in any of our lifetimes. This is a danger that exceeds that of Reaganism, which, you know, we've been living under Reaganism since 1980, probably even longer than that, really. I mean, technically, I mean, obviously, Reagan wasn't, you know, but 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 kind of like a neoliberal era started coming in with Jimmy Carter. And then, of course, it got exacerbated with Reagan. But anyway, we've been living under Reaganism pretty much since 1980. We've had variations of Ronald Reagan in president as president since 1980. Ron DeSantis, I think, would pass all that up. I honestly think if Ron DeSantis were to become president, he would be even more destructive than the Bush administration. And I do believe the Bush administration was by far the most destructive administration in my lifetime. Way worse than Trump, way worse than Obama, way worse than Clinton. And by the way, all these all these people I mentioned did a hell of a lot of damage. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to downplay their damage at all. But the Bush administration, set us on a path of an economy of war that we are still on our knees on 20 years later. And we're going to be for a long freaking time. They set the axis of evil on path. They set uh, the path to set the Middle East on fire on path. And Obama just kept it on autopilot. He said he was going to take it off autopilot. He didn't. He kept it on autopilot. And so did Trump. So I think Ron DeSantis could pass up the Bush administration and I'll never forget the day Bush left office. I thought to myself back then, I thought, man, that will probably be, I take a little comfort in knowing that'll be the worst president I see in my lifetime. Cause if we get one worse than that, there ain't going to be a country anymore. So this is how it starts folks. It starts with the normalization of this guy. And uh, I see it happening. I see it happening in the media. I see it because, I mean, the media is pumping Ron DeSantis up, the corporate media especially. Why are they doing that? Well, because they want a nice little horse race with Trump. Trump's kind of getting stale. Trump's not quite getting the ratings he used to. So they want a little bit of a horse race. So now they're going to be like, oh, look at this guy. Trump doesn't like him. Politically, they're exactly the same. One is just infinitely more competent than the other. Uh, And one is a straight up theocratic fascist. Um, I think Trump's Trump's definitely a fascist, I would say, by definition. But I but I think he's just I think he's just a narcissist. I think he's just kind of a narcissist who kind of just wants to uh, win for his own ego. Whereas Ron DeSantis, I think, is a straight up theocratic fascist who really wants to impose that agenda on this country and I would say probably the world if he could. So <sighs> it's an interesting time and that's putting it gently. It is an interesting time. Um and folks before we get out of here um I will mention a couple things. First of all, there is the runoff in Georgia tonight and um I don't think we'll know any results uh, before the end of the evening uh, unless there's something breaking I'm not aware of but um but uh, I don't think we'll actually know the results until the end of the evening and uh, if if the Democrats win and then there's a there's a bigger lead in the Senate there's there's a bigger gap in the Senate so they won't have mansion as an excuse for everything anymore um and you know if the Republicans, win, then then that, of course, gap in the Senate is smaller, obviously. And you kind of wonder what's going to happen. Now, there's a New York Times piece here that that, that it's just an opinion piece, but it's kind of interesting. And, and I think it says something to me, Colin, if we could pull that up, please, um, where the Democrats. So so this is an opinion piece from The New York Times. This is by uh, by Ross Barkin. And it kind of brings up how everything Democrats could do if Warnock wins. Now, it brings up how the Democrats have moved pretty quickly when it comes to different things like judges and things like that. Scroll down a little bit, Colin, if you would, please. Um, So. Scroll down a little bit more. So yet the outcome of Mr. Warnock's contest matters significantly for Democrats and Republicans alike, but especially for Democrats. They need Mr. Warnock in power for at least two overriding reasons to safeguard their gains in the judiciary and bolster their national bench. So uh, scroll down a little more. So basically, it points out how okay in four years McConnell's blah 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 blah. Since Democrats retook the Senate majority in 2021, Mr. Biden has. Uh, undertaken his own successful counteroffensive in tandem with Chuck Schumer, the Senate majority leader. Mr. Schumer's Senate actually confirmed federal judges at a faster rate than McConnell. So far, over 85 judges appointed by Biden have been confirmed, including a new Supreme Court justice. The judges overall are traditional liberals, many of them younger and non-white. Mr. Biden and Mr. Schumer were willing to elevate judges who were former public defenders, an unlikely prospect in the law and order 20th century. Now, why do I bring all this up? I bring all this up because what that shows you is that the Democrats and just Congress in general, they can move fast when they want to. And you're seeing where they're moving fast here in confirming judges that both Biden and Chuck Schumer want to see. Well, where do they don't move fast? They're not moving fast when it comes to confirming an FCC appointee. We've been waiting nearly two years, which is historic. And confirming Gigi Sohn to the FCC, which would give us a 3-2 net neutrality majority in the FCC. They have waited a record-breaking amount of time to act on that. And Chuck Schumer's dragging his feet, so is Joe Biden. Well, gee, why might they be doing that? Well, Chuck Schumer has tons of conflicts of interest in big tech. His daughter is a lobbyist for Meta. His other daughter works for Facebook. Uh, Or excuse me, Amazon. One's at Amazon, one's at Meta. Meta is Facebook, misspoke there. Meta and Amazon. And Joe Biden started off his uh, campaign with a dinner with a bunch of Comcast executives, a staunchly anti-net neutrality company. So the Democrats can drag their feet when they want to. They can also work quick when they want to. So you wonder, whatever happens in Georgia, will we actually see some more action? Will it be good action? Or will they just move on to another excuse that's not Joe Manchin? Should they get uh, the W here? Only time will tell. But the one thing we do know is they can move fast when they want to. And then when they want to move slow, they sure as hell can move slow. But a lot of these excuses, from Joe Manchin constantly to the parliamentarian to say, hey, apparently we're good at reaching across the aisle, but we can't reach the across the aisle for anything when it comes to Republicans. These are all just that. Excuses. And what we have gotten, you know, this opinion piece, again, I don't I don't agree with a lot of it because it's talking about the crumbs of crumbs that was the infrastructure package, a grossly insufficient package that was a fraction of a fraction of even what Joe Biden promised. We've seen no action on minimum wage. Joe Biden could cancel student debt with the stroke of a pen. It would guarantee a Democratic majority for 40 years. Plus, it would lift multiple generations out of crippling amounts of debt. He doesn't do it. Why? Because his donors don't want him to. He can, he doesn't want to. So you kind of wonder, what'll be the next excuse? Or will we actually start to see some action? I don't have confidence that we will one way or another. I I really don't. I really hope Gigi Sohn gets through at the very least. Um, I think that if there is the victory in Georgia for Democrats, like the, the excuse of Joe Manchin becomes null and void anymore, they're gonna have to come up with some new excuses. So hopefully we'll see at least some some wins in the margins here. Hopefully the FCC pick is one of those wins because if nothing happens before the end of the year, they need to re-up our nomination, which might not even happen. So we'll see, but uh, it'll be interesting that should the Democrats expand their majority with the, with the Georgia runoff here, um, if we see better action or not, it'll be interesting to see. And it'll also be interesting to see if we see some of the lame duck promises, That we were promised. One of those promises was a vote on antitrust. Again, go to BidenPromise.us to demand that. We were promised that. Now, once this runoff's over, they're out of excuses. They can't be like, well, we're in runoff mode. Hey, the runoff's over. There's only so much time left in the lame duck session. Got to get this vote. And you can go to BidenPromise.us and demand that it happen, folks. Uh, Also, before I get to the super chat, tour eight, I got him. Go to romplacon.com. January 28th, I will be in Tucson, Arizona. That is a stand-up show, and that's a screening of my short film, Loner, and it's the debut screening. Loner has not been released yet. It's going to be released, and you can use the promo code Lucy for a discount on tickets. Uh, Get it now. That's a holiday special. Not going to go on forever. Uh, Also, I will be in Los Angeles February 10th. Uh, that's the first of three shows. I'm doing three shows where I'm working on my 2023 festival hour. February 10th is the first show. April 14th is the second. May 12th is the third. Uh, I'm going to have a bunch of fun guests on those shows. It's going to be a blast. Ronflacone.com. And February 18th, I'll be in San Diego. It was supposed to be the 17th and the 18th. As of right now, it's just the 18th. Um, it, it's a venue issue with, with the company. So I, I'll definitely be there February 18th. Uh, I may or may not be there February 17th uh, as well. Soon as I know, you guys will know. But mark your calendars for February 18th for sure, San Diego. Tickets and all information can be found at romplacone.com. Let me go to your Super Chats. Rodney, what's up? Rodney, thank you so much for the Super Chat contribution. Hope all is well out in Australia. Thank you. What time is it in Australia right now? I bet it's like a random time. It usually is. Thank you for being here for this stream. I appreciate it. And I can't wait to get back to Australia. I really want, I had such a fun time touring Australia and I can't wait to fricking do it again. Uh, thank you, Rodney. Uh, Kamori, Amy. Thank you. Hope I was well up in Canada, by the way. I, I like the I like the foreign, uh, the, the foreign currencies going on here. See, it's a friends from all over the world. Komori. Thank you very much for the super chat contribution. I hope I was well up in Canada and I hope to see you next time. I'm up in Canada. I had a wonderful time touring Canada this year. And I can't wait to come back. I hope in 2024 to be back to some places in Canada. I don't know if I'll do everywhere, but uh, I'm hoping at least Toronto in 2024. We'll see. I uh, I, I don't go to every country every year. But, uh, but yeah, anyway, thank you for that. Carrie Nansted, what's up? How are you, Carrie? Pay your employees Twitter. Thank you very much for your Super Chat contribution. Pay your employees Twitter. I'm with you, Carrie. Amen. That's boss Fleisch. Hope all is well in Germany. What's up? Good to see you. Um, your tomato plant could help out. <laughs> uh, love this. All right, let me read it, y'all. Your tomato plant could help out and be a co-host to the show. Oh, I forgot. It's dead. <laughs> P.S. I hope the workforce strikes back. Amen, des fleisch. And uh, for those of you who don't know, I uh, I tried to grow tomato plants and I failed miserably. And they were like the easiest tomato plants one could grow. And you know what's best? I never shared this part. My neighbor above me, like like their deck is above mine, you know, because they're on the floor above me. They are crushing it with growing tomatoes, and their tomato vines like dip below to where I can see it. I could almost reach up and pick one of their tomatoes, and I feel like they're mocking me. I don't even know. I don't even know what neighbor that is, but I feel. I feel like they're just like, ha. Look at you, you failure. My tomato vine is almost itching it way it's way onto your deck. I guess if it does, you can have some of the bounty since your tomato plant is just a failed soil pit. Now, I did manage to keep Lucy's catgrass alive for a while. I think it's dead now. She still likes it though. <laughs> I don't know. She's still like, I think it's dead. We'll get you some new stuff. And she's like, no, 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 I'm into this. She's like me with leftovers. I, I, you know, like I'll I'll see something in the fridge. It's been there for a long time. I'm like, no, we can salvage this. We can. These carrots are mushy at this point because I forgot about them. No, screw it. I'm eating them. I'm just putting more dip on. I guess my cat is that way with her cat grass. She's like, no, this is redeemable. I'm into it. Uh, anyway, Des bush flies. Thank you for that. You made me laugh. I appreciate it very much Tanet London. What's up. How are you, Ron? Love that you're working with status coup. Thank you for that. It's been a lot of fun. Um, and I'll be here. I'm, I think I'll, I'll always be here on Thursdays. Thursdays is uh, my day with Tina Desiree Berg. And, uh, as far as I know that that's not changing anytime soon. Um, as far as me being here, Mondays, Tuesdays and Thursdays, that is the temporary schedule well, Jordan is uh, is uh, having his hiatus, so I think it's definitely going to last through the end of the year. Uh, will it last through January? I, I don't know yet, but uh, but we'll find out. And of course, we'll be uh, we'll be updating you guys on the schedule. Uh, you know, whenever the updates are confirmed and we know what they are. So, so, thank you so much for that today. You say, Ron, love that you're working with Status Quo. The rail workers should absolutely strike. Please do a video on Ranked choice voting someday. I have. I actually have. I've done a video. You can find it over on my channel, which please do subscribe if you haven't yet. It's, uh, you know, just YouTube. Ron Placone. It's just my name. Please do subscribe. I really appreciate that for everybody. And if you think you're subscribed, they might have unsubscribed you. They unsubscribe people all the time. So please make sure you're subscribed and ring the little bell so you get notifications. But uh, I have a video. It's called, I believe it's called, like, Ranked Choice Voting Explained in Under Two Minutes. Uh, Or it might be one. I think it was a two-minute one, though. But yeah, it's just Ranked Choice Voting Explained. You can find it in my Ron Explained slash short section. Um, But yeah, if you just go to my channel and search for Ranked Choice Voting, you'll find that video. But uh, I'll try to do a a Ranked Choice-related video for Status Quo as well. I'll try to do a, a short on Ranked Choice for Status Quo. So thank you for that, Tanette. But please do check out my existing one in the meantime. Much appreciated. And uh, I think we got to all of them. Colin, did we cover all of them? Are there any that I'm, I'm missing? Oh, wait, I got a couple more here. Oh, I got I got a lot more here. Um, all right, cool. Chris Garrett, what's up? Ron Flacone, always finding the irony inside the irony we call news. Thank you. Lucy is just holding back until the wildcat strike happens. Amen to that, Chris. Lucy is a pro strike cat. She also supports vet care for all and treats for all and unlimited treats. She supports unlimited treats for her. And I say, you can't. Yeah, that's not good for you. We can't do that. And she's like, fuck that. And I'm like, I'm sorry. You can't. The vet said she's like, what does the vet know a a lot about keeping you healthy? So sorry. You're going to have to have limited amounts of of goodies. But and she ate a bunch of cheese. Cheese. Lucy snuck a bunch of cheese on Thanksgiving. Nobody noticed her uh, until one of my friends did. And he goes, hey, I, I think the cat ate a bunch of cheese. And I'm like, ah, well, that's – I guess we'll see what happens there. And high uh, shot what happened. She showed me what happened in her litter box. And I'm like, wow, Lucy, you just like – I think you just pooped out your body weight. Please don't eat cheese again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, I mean, I mean, I'm just happy she's okay. It didn't like, you know – it, it didn't hurt her or anything, but anyway, um, Dave, uh, so wait, did I read that whole thing? Yes. Chris Garrett. Thank you very much. Dave L Posadas. I don't know who that is. was actually right about the space aliens. Posada. I'm not sure who that is. So I do, I will say, I don't, if, if we're talking aliens, cause I know I, 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 I said, uh, shout out your conspiracies on this stream. I, I don't buy the like, Grays thing. I, I don't know. I mean, you, you look at some of that stuff and it's like, yeah, there's no way. Now, is there some stuff in Area 51 that if we knew what was in there, it would blow our freaking minds? Yes, I do believe that. I do believe that there's something going on with UFOs. I certainly believe there's intelligent life out there. I, I think when you think about it, like just the magnitude of planets, it's, there's no way we're alone. There's no freaking way we're alone. I'd like to believe, and this is just something that I want to believe is true. I don't have any evidence. But I want to believe that there's more advanced civilizations than us out there. And my personal, I guess, dream. Because it's like, I want to believe it's true. But this is just me expressing my wishes as a human. I, I don't have any evidence of this or anything like that. I would, What I want to believe is that there's more intelligent life than us out there and they make contact with each other but the qualifier is you have to eradicate war once you end war they come down and they meet you and until then they don't that's what i really wanted so so if we someday and and hopefully we will if we eradicate war in the us all of a sudden a bunch of like like people from a, a bunch of spaceships are just gonna land and they'll be like man we thought you guys were never gonna catch up holy shit we we even had like a poll going. Uh, we had a poll going on when you guys. I mean, you you were the last planet. A couple people bet. Everyone betted on you being close to last. But those people who didn't bet on you being last, they lost a ton of money. You guys were dead freaking last. But welcome aboard. Uh, hope you didn't kill too many people. Eh, well, we killed a bunch. Yeah, that sucks. But um, I don't know what's with you guys. But you're part of the federation now. Welcome. Uh, that's what I want to believe. Uh, Steve will. Wolf- Wolfbrand, Steve Wolfbrand, Ron, I would bet the farm. How big's the farm? Is your farm like mine or is it like a legit farm? I would bet the farm on 9 11 was an inside job. Maybe, I mean, who knows? Who knows? Um, I think there's more than what we were told as far as, you know, 9 like, 11. Like, I think there's probably. There's probably more, there's definitely more as far as like the warnings they may or may not have been privy to as far as their negligence about such a thing. Um, Do I personally think that it was like an inside job as far as like the government was behind it? I would tend to doubt it because I don't see what their motivator is. Like, Like what, I mean, you have to think, okay, so they wanted to go after Iraq, they wanted to unroll the new American century, they wanted to unroll the axis of evil and turn the war machine up to 11 because of Halliburton and just the fact that they're just warmonger religious zealots themselves. They wanted to do all those things. That's not a conspiracy theory. That's just the freaking truth. They didn't need something like 9-11 to manufacture consent for such a thing they didn't need something that like was going to potentially hurt Bush's chances of reelection that was potentially, you know, like going to make them look bad. They there, There's just so many other ways they could have manufactured consent for such a thing. So it's like, well, why would they do that? You know, I mean, Hey, who knows, Steve, maybe you're right. But I think no. Cause like, I just don't see what their motivation was to me. It's like, there's so many other ways they could have manufactured consent for what they wanted to do. Because keep in mind, this is the only reason that the guy was in office. The only reason Bush was in office in the first place is because his brother made a call to freaking Fox News. So he's, he had Fox News in his pocket. This is when they were faxing talking points to cable media, to, to cable news. This is and by the way this is back in 2001 when the internet wasn't what it is today. So dissenting voices were even fewer and further between. Dissented voices were like on on like low power radio. Cuz by the way this is also post 1996, so radio was completely homogenized and it was 99% right-wing personalities. And the only dissent was like like people Sharing MP3s that took like an hour and a half to download, and you could you could get a no. That was back when they put like work from Noam Chomsky and Greg Palace. They would make albums of it because that was the only way they could get it out there. It would be released on like punk labels and stuff. Like Chomsky had stuff out on Epitaph, and Jello uh, Jello Biafra was putting out Greg Palace's stuff on uh, Alternative Tentacles. So my point is, back then, if they wanted to manufacture consent for some kind of like axis of evil endless war they could have done it way easier than something like 9/11 so i mean yeah so so i i don't know i wouldn't bet the farm on that one steve i mean hey do you buddy but uh i would not bet the farm on that one i i i kind of doubt that one but who knows i mean who knows maybe they you know, maybe they came to a different conclusion and we're like, Nope, this is what we got to do. Who knows, man, who fricking knows? Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't bet the farm on that one. I, w- I would bet, I mean, Hey man, if, if you're, if you, if you want to be adventurous, go ahead, bet five bucks, but I would bet the farm unless of course your farm is like mine. If your farm is two, two dead piles of soil on your deck, then you could bet the farm that that's a safe farm. I'd bet anything on that farm. You can just come take it off my deck for me. That'd be great. Just don't take Lucy's dead cat, uh, dead cat grass. I think it's dead, but she likes it. So she could have it as long as she wants <laughs> until I like, unless it's like, you know, I mean, it's just sort of whatever, but I don't think it's totally dead yet. But anyway, um, yeah. So, uh, Chris, what's up? Christopher Edstrom. Without the ability to strike, we no longer have leverage. This is BS. T- yeah, you're right, man. Our labor's all we got. Speaking of Lucy, she's here. I don't know if you can hear her meowing. Our labor's all we got, folks. Venetia David, what's up? Thank you so much. I hope all is awesome in the UK. Hey, if I know your location, I shout it out. If I don't know your location, I don't shout it out. So for those of you who are like, why didn't Ron shout out my location? Well, it's because I don't freaking know it. If you want me to know it, you got to tell me. And then I'll, 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 tr- I'll make sure I remember But Venetia David, I know is in the UK. I hope all is well in the UK, Venetia David. I hope to see you in 2023. And Venetia says, even a shade towel couldn't help. I know, I know, I know. Can you hear Lucy? She's like, end the stream. It's gone on long enough. End it. All right, all right. I hear you. She's like, you're supposed to be done talking to that black machine now. It's a camera, Lucy. I don't care what it is. Your time is up. End the stream and pay attention to me. She might know there's a hockey game coming up because there is she might know it. she's like there see i'm not I'm not making this up. My cat wanted the stream to end so badly she kicked out the cable. she's like, you either end the stream or I'm kicking out you guys saw it. I mean she did it. She just literally showed up and kicked out the cable. she knows. She knows. She's a cat. She, no, she knows. She's like, I'm taking out your microphone. Folks, I got to go. My cat needs me. All right? This has been really cool, uh, but I got to run. Let me thank everybody. Rodney, thank you so much. Kimbori, thank you. Carrie, thank you. Desmos Fleisch, thank you so much. Jeanette London, thank you. Chris Garrett, Dave L., Steve Wolbrandt. Chris Edstorm, Venetia David, thank you guys so much for your Super Chat contributions. You help keep this show on the air. And when you become a member of Status Quo, what you're doing is you're helping to fund independent journalism. You're helping to send Status Lou on the beat, to send Tina on the beat, to send Jordan and Colin on the beat, to get co- firsthand coverage of different strikes and protests and union efforts and everything in between. And then we make more content on it here in studio. And it's, uh, it's a great thing. So thank you so much. Your support is essential. Folks, you can find my tour dates at romplicone.com once again. And, uh, you know, you can follow me on Twitter, romplicone, Mastodon, Instagram, and, of course, YouTube, romplacon. Check out Ty's show tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Kim will be on the show tomorrow. And then Tina and myself will be here on Thursday. And yeah, thank you guys so much again for everything. Oh, we got one more, uh, one more super chat. Let me get to it here. Um, Neo's algorithm. (laughs) I don't know what that means, but that, that's a funny, that's a funny handle. I don't know if that's a show or what that means, but, but it made me laugh. um, Ron and Jordan, I finally launched a project to unseat Joe and Kamala in 2024. You guys have been a big inspiration. You guys have been a huge inspiration. Could you both check out Force the Primary 2024? I hope you like it. Uh, send it on over. I'll, I'll I'll check it out. Feel free to email it to me, and, uh, and uh, I will definitely take a look. Guys, thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you, everyone, for your Super Chat contribution. Thank you, Neo's Algorithm, and everybody else who I already mentioned. Uh, this is Ron. For Status Coup, I'll be back here with Tina on Thursday. Check out Ty's show tonight and Kim tomorrow. Check out my website for tour dates and tickets and follow me on the social media. And I will see you all on Thursday. This is Status Coup signing out.